Hello, my name is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 102 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode Crystallis Impressions. Uh, but let me do the intro first. So to remind you guys, this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave me a comment, let me know what you think of the show. You can also go to iTunes and subscribe to the show there. Uh, give me some stars, some likes, whatever you think. Let me know how I can improve. Um, I'm also on the Google Play Store, so you can subscribe to Google Podcasts. Go there, subscribe to the podcast there. Um, or you can drop me a direct email at gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Go there, write to me, let me know what you think of the show. Or I'm on Twitter at Just Little Joe, and I have gotten better about promoting the show, but that's where you can reach me. So let's get into the show, but let me first quickly, um, I'm just going to tell you a story. So last week, I talked about my dad. Uh, it's pretty evident. Um, but one thing I didn't say was he bought me this game, Crystallis. I think I mentioned that a few podcasts ago, actually. But uh, long story short, uh, he bought me this game years ago, and the game resonated with me because I, I think this game resonates with me so much. And I'm going to talk about the game, and I'm going to talk about um, some things I ran into when trying to beat the game, but I'll get into that later. Um, d- generally, my history with the game, though, that's what I'll do first. So, um, yeah, my dad bought me this game when I was like probably 12 or 13. We had seen it played at a friend's house. He had a friend that was actually a little bit older, but like really into gaming, like had an NES, um, had a bunch of games, played a bunch of games. And I think we came in, and he was playing this game, and I saw the end of it. Uh, and I'm usually weird about spoilers, so I was like, what is this game? And he goes, oh, this is Crystallis. And uh, he let me play it. Uh, my dad would go over, you know, last week I talked about my, my dad being in recovery. This gentleman was in recovery as well. And they would sit there and smoke cigarettes, drink coffee, and talk about recovery and let me play uh, the NES. And I played Crystallis a lot. I played a lot of other games, but this one always stuck with me. And, um, you know, I loved it. Uh, it was great, and uh, I remember he, the guy let me borrow it, because he's like, well, I, I beat it, I don't really play it that much, and um, yeah, I brought it home, played it a bunch, and I kept borrowing it from the guy, so finally, um, on my birthday, uh, my dad bought me a pair of jeans, and I cried, and had a tantrum, because I was like, I don't want jeans, uh, which is pretty childish, because I didn't need jeans. Uh, but lo and behold, my dad under the jeans got me Crystallis. Uh, he bought it from his friend cause he realized that I had borrowed it so much. So I was a big shit. Yeah. It's a big, big POS. And my dad got me Crystallis. And I talked about before in this podcast, you know, a lot of parents that know their kids are into gaming buy games for them and kind of miss the mark. You know, they get the one game that you don't want, uh, stuff like that. But I wanted this game and I played it. My dad sat there and smoked cigarettes and drank coffee and watched me play the game. And I think one of the reasons, this is my favorite game of all time. And playing it again, it is. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had some misgivings. Uh, You know, again, my favorite game of all time, yes. Is it the best game of all time? No, it definitely is not. There's a lot of limitations of the game. But I think even playing this game, it plays well. And um, if you don't know what Crystallis is, I should probably get into that first. It is a top-down game like Zelda. And there's a lot of criticism for the game for basically the creators copying Zelda. And uh, it was developed by SNK. And let me get into, 
I got some history stuff written down. So this game, Crystallis, originally came out in um, uh, 1990 and it um, for the NES. And it was a late game for the NES. It was also not really... SNK did a lot of, like... Um, a lot of... Um, sorry. SNK did a lot of... Um, like, just shooters. Like, I'm looking. This I played this uh, game on the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection that came out on... Um, I just have the date written down here. It came out on November 13th, uh, 20, uh, 2018. And SNK is a company that started in Japan. Uh, early on, they did arcade hits, like in the 80s, 70s, and 80s. There's a massive article by GameSpot called The History of SNK, which I read in preparation for this. And it was the the, the whole, um, you know, it was the history of the company. They didn't go into Crystallis a lot, even though I wanted them to go into Crystallis. Because, um, to be honest, Crystallis was just a blip in the radar of the company on the SNK 40th collection. There is, um, I'm just going to read some of the games. There's alpha mission. They have the console and arcade version. They have Athena, which I also had for the NES. They have the console and arcade version. I'm probably going to check that out, but I won't talk about it on the podcast. I'll probably just check it out for 10, 20 minutes to see what it's like. Crystallis, the console version. Crystallis is interesting because there actually is an old commercial for Crystallis that I watched on YouTube. And I recommend if you're really into watching, old 90s commercials of games go to youtube type in crystallis and i've heard some people online pronounce this game as crystallis but it's crystallis because that's originally how they pronounced it in the commercial and that's what i'm going for because you know it's like an official product and that's obviously what nintendo has to do they have to go over several iterations and takes and all that kind of stuff. they have to approve everything right they're not going to have a guy on their drinking uh you know for a game about slaying monsters he's gonna anyway um one thing I thought was really cool was there was an alternate NES cartridge in Japan. I actually, I don't have a lot of collectibles. I bought the cartridge for Crystallis. It came with the manual, uh, the case, and the sleeve for the game. The manual is amazing because it's basically a walkthrough of the places you will see in the game. Um, kind of unapologetically just talking all about, you know, here's where you're going to go. If you go to this area, this is where it is. And it's just a bullet point list in the manual. They have a breakdown of how to use an SNES controller, uh, you know, in the game, what A does, what B does. You know, obviously it's limited because there's only two buttons. Um, the collection, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection, was developed by um, NIS of America and Digital Eclipse. Um, and it's right now it's on the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. The Nintendo Switch is on sale for $19.99. Uh, it didn't say how long the sale was ending. So if you're interested... I play it there, but I would say that they've added it to the NES online subscription service. So if you're paying for the online subscription subscription service and you just want to play Crystallis, I would recommend going to there because you know you're paying for the service and you just want to play one game and try it out. Go there and try it out. Um, in Japan, like I was talking about, the cartridge is different in Japan, and the name was different. And I got the name written down here, and I really wish they would have went for this in in, uh, in America, because in Japan, I think the title is amazing. The Japanese name of the game was called Godslayer Sonata of the Faraway Sky. And let me tell you, way better title than Crystallis. I love Crystallis. Again, it's my favorite game of all time. Best game of all time? No. But Godslayer Sonata of the Faraway Sky? Are you kidding me? That's like a top-tier title right there. I mean, ugh, I don't know what they were thinking. Maybe just thought, ah, it's too long. I don't know. 
Um, probably nowadays they would have probably just went with that. Um, but anyway, I bought the cart for Crystallis, uh, and I also bought an old Nintendo Power um, from uh, July and August of 1990. Sorry, it was right next to me. I was reading it. Um, and that basically has a walkthrough of like the first half of the game. Maps, it's got a detailed layout section of the people you'll meet. You meet these four wise men. Again, it's like Zelda, uh, but it's more colorful. There's a lot of blues. Obviously, this came later in the NES life cycle, so they could really do a lot with color. Uh, the story is incomprehensible. Uh, there's a lot of transliterations in the beginning. Basically, uh, the world was decimated by nuclear war. There is a tower that is built in the sky to kind of save people that survived, and they float in the sky, and they are left alone. Uh, down below, creatures are mutated. Some people did survive down below, and they live down there. There's an ancient mage uh, called Dragonia um, who, if I can understand this right, is trying to use the tower as a weapon, even though it's like a place with refugees. Uh, because technology is shunned because of the nuclear fallout, people started using magic again. Again, th this doesn't make any sense. And I, <laughs> I read the beginning of the manual, which I'm not going to read, and it's like, what? Um, you know, it, actually, the end of the days was in 1997. Uh, in October, which is terrible. Um, Crystallis lied to us, everybody. Um, the idea is that you are collecting swords, a, la, a lot like uh, Legend of Zelda, but each sword is connected to an ele element. So to brag, I got the first two swords, and the first two, um, you basically max the swords out. Uh, you have magic power. You hold the attack button, and you'll charge the sword up. There's a charge meter down low. It makes a really distinct noise. Um... And each sword has basically two items uh, that will charge it to three. So when you originally get the sword, it has one charge. You can hold it down and charge it up, and it shoots energy forward based on the element. There's wind, fire, thunder, and air. Uh, or thunder and water. Um, when you get the second item, you get like a, like the... Sword of the Wind, which is the first sword you get in the first town. You basically come out of a cryo tube, and the people are like, oh, yeah, we've been expecting you. <laughs> which is weird that they made the cryo tube right next to this town. But um, you get the Sword of the Wind uh, that shoots energy. You um, level it up, and it blows a ball of energy forward with little knockdown rock walls. They also use it to environmental hazards. There's ice walls and caves. If you have the Fire Sword and you have the Ball of Fire, which is the second charge ability, uh, you will charge it up and then blow ice walls to bits. Later on, you get a bracelet of something. So you get the bracelet of wind that gives you three charges, and it does a massive, like, little tornadoes in front of you. But that takes magic, which is something I don't remember. So you have a magic meter that can deplete. And uh, this, um, you know, these are kind of like old tropes of... One thing I told my wife was really amazing was this game has the old trope of can't save here, try to save here, good luck. You're in the mountains can't save you're in a cave can't save are you next to a boss can't save you gotta go to an inn and save which really sucks when you don't have any healing items like medical herbs or antidotes which take away poison and all you're trying to do is get back to nader's inn to just heal up uh you go back to you get a teleport spell which is really thankful basically the plot of the game is you're defeating this ancient mage that's trying to wake up the this mega computer in the floating tower to destroy uh, everything again or have it, it's very unclear you're basically just going to the tower to defeat this guy because he's evil uh, that's all you need to know stop asking questions um, it, uh, it's fun you get to charge up 
use MP. There's tons of items. Uh, again, this is kind of where the strain of the two-button controller kind of comes into it because there is, uh, you know, you got to unequip this to equip that. If you have this magic spell, like refresh, which get, you just hold it down and it just replenishes your life as long as you have magic, uh, you can't have that on the same time. You have the rabbit boots, which allow you to jump, so you have to tick everything off and then equip the rabbit boots. And all that kind of stuff is just really... Uh, you know, again, you see the strains of the system. And the big problem uh, that I ran into uh, when I was playing the game was that, uh, well, uh, the SNK 40th Anniversary Collection has a crappy save feature that just removes your save data. And I had it happen three times. So that's a total of six hours. And from all the records I could read online, this is a 14-hour game. So I've lost basically half the amount of time I could have been playing to save bugs. So what would happen was I would get to this Mount Saber, fight a boss, uh, release one of these four wise men that you have to meet. They teach you a magic spell. Uh, I would get to him or not get to him, get really close. There's some, uh, you know what? Actually, what I want to do right now is um, I'm going to shout out. I, I did use a walkthrough and that's some of my story with this game, but let me, let me just do my impressions first. Um, with this game is that uh, I think his name's Jeremy Houston. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. He's got very few followers. I recommend going there. He's posted a lot of YouTube videos of walkthroughs of old games. He did a walkthrough of Crystallis. So I watched it to try to speed up because I realized I was losing time and it didn't really seem to help because I lost time again. So what happens is uh, there's a save bug basically. And what it does is it reverts your progress back to this very specific place in the game. In my case, I lost probably about two hours each time. And I foolishly tried different things in the menus to save and exit, save and continue. Uh, I tried um, exiting out of the game. and There's an in-game save, which doesn't really seem to matter. Um, unless you die, then you'll come back right at that save, which is nice. So what I've done is I've just suspended the game, uh, which you can do on the Nintendo Switch. You can just uh, put it to sleep, sort of wake up at the exact moment that you were at. Um, but... Again, I told my wife one of the uh, things about the game which is really interesting is that, um, you know, it's uh, definitely a product of its time. And part of the impression of me playing the game was uh, I couldn't find the Nintendo Power issue that I really wanted, which was a walkthrough of the last part of the game, which is this maze that you have to go through. And a friend of mine at the schoolyard um, had that issue. And we were talking about something else, you know, because we trade Nintendo Powers, you trade games. And um, I borrowed that issue from him and got through that maze. So I think why this game is still my favorite game of all time is I ran the gamut with this game and it left an impression on me. It, um, you know, I was a brat. I, I, I saw the end of the game first. Uh, I was a brat and cried and had a tantrum like a two-year-old. I received the game. My father watched me play the game, which is kind of cool. You bond, you talk. He's like, I'll oh, try this, try that. You know, he was giving me pointers. Um, and then I just played the game a lot. And I did the stereotypical thing that we all hear about, which is you sit in your parents' basement and you play a game. And literally in my mother's basement, a concrete basement on an old crappy couch with two cinder blocks and a particle board stand. Uh, there was a 19-inch European TV from England that my uncle got from uh he ran a repair um 
he, he's my great uncle, but he ran like a TV repair place. He couldn't sell the TV because it was from Europe. So what happened was he just gave me this 19-inch TV. So I'm a 13-year-old with a 19-inch massive tube TV with Cristal sucked up to it. In the summer when I'm supposed to be out playing with my friends, I'm sitting there playing the game. And I, again, ran the gamut with this game where I was, um, I think the level cap is 16 in the game from what I could read. Uh, the manual, I think, says 16. Um, I was at level 11. I was fairly high up in the game. I found a dolphin that we swam around together and had adventures. That's right. You get to ride a dolphin in this game and it talks you. It's pretty sweet. Um, you get to talk to bunnies in this game. Am I not selling you on this game? Anyway, um, so I was at level 11. I didn't do the shutdown process properly where you had to hit reset and power at the same time. And I lost all my process progress. And I remember calling Nintendo Power the 1-800 number, um, which I actually should look it up in this, uh, the counselor's corner. I should look it up in the Nintendo Power and tell you guys what it is, but I don't want anybody out there to call the number. There's nothing there. But I remember calling that number, having the person on the, the thing type something. I don't know what they were doing back then. I think they could type something and it would just come to a point in the game. They had like save, save, save probably. And I remember the guy saying, what's your problem? And I told him, and I said, I'm here. And then I got to the end of my thing of like, is there any way to get this back? And there was a long pause on the phone. And then he said, I'm sorry, man. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You know, um, there's no way to get back. Your progress is going to start again. And like a very driven entrepreneurial young kid, I went back down in the basement, turned it back on and started from scratch and beat the game. Um, so when I was sitting on my uh, nice chair uh, in my somewhat clean den where I broadcast this amazing podcast from. And I lost my progress three times through trying various ways to save in the game and save out of the game and still having the SNK collection say, well, you know, you're going to be at this one town. That's one of the first towns that you start over. You know, this one house where you meet this guy that teaches you something. Like, uh, that's where we're going to put you. I immediately was transported back to this time when I was young and I just couldn't, you know, I had to start over my progress. Um, and again, I ran the gamut with this game. So after that, I was able to get back to where I was. And I got towards the end and I got stuck at this stupid maze at the end. And my friend on the playground had the NES fold-out map, the Nintendo Power, with the, uh, the directions on how to get out of the maze. And I sat at home, got out of the maze... And then got to the end and beat this big computer. You basically take all of the swords and combine them to make the Crystallis or the God Slayer. And you blow up this massive computer. You don't really get to use Crystallis that much, which it's very powerful. I kind of understand why they wouldn't allow you to use it. But yeah, it's my favorite game of all time. And that's why, because I went from seeing the end to hating my father for not buying it for me to have him buy it for me to have him sit and watch me play it, to get very far in the game and figure out all these little hints and secrets myself, have my progress wiped, start from scratch, play the game again, get to the end, get stumped, use a walkthrough again uh, from Nintendo Power to get through the game, to finally figure out how to beat the end boss by myself and complete the game. And I think, to be honest, this is the first game that I ever remember uh, rolling credits on, like seeing the end, you know, thanks for playing, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I had a complete experience with this game. I went through the, 
you know, the ups and downs. Uh, my dad was there. My friends were there. My mom did the thing where she said, you need to go outside. Because when I was playing in the summer, it was a beautiful summer day of like 70 something. And she's like, you need to go outside. And we had a basement that was a daylight basement. If you don't know what that is, we had a window attached to the basement. So the front yard of my house was basically uh, right below the window. So I could look out and see the front yard and see the beautiful street and see all my friends on bicycles and me saying, you know what, guys, not today. I'm going to beat this chrysalis. This computer is really a problem and I need to beat him with a big energy sword. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you guys don't understand what it's like to be a young purple-colored boy named Joseph who shares my name that woke up in a cryogenic uh, freeze and he needs to save these people. Um but yeah, so what I'm going to do next week is, uh, if I don't lose my progress again, I will uh, give you my final impressions of what it was like to go through and beat the game again. But initially, what I wanted to do is tell you, it is still my favorite game of all time. Putting all the difficulty I had um, with the game, it does play really well, and it's fun. Uh, you're really just trying to save people. Uh, this uh, Dragonia Emperor and his goons are basically hurting people, and you're helping them out you know uh certain enemies are weak to different swords and things you have so you'll go in a cave and you have the fire sword but they're immune you'll hear like a little ting noise uh and they're immune to your blade also it has to do with level as well because since 16 is a level cap since i have my save snafu i tried to beat one of the generals i think one one level less than i was before and it just didn't work uh, my weapons didn't work. You hear the ting off of them. You're not doing damage. It doesn't just have to do with type of damage type. Like, like I said, you'll be in a cave and you'll have this sort of fire. You go to hit someone and you'll hear a ting. And that means you need to use like the sword of wind or another sword on them. Um, I know I remember later on the game, you get the sword of water. Uh, one of the, uh, like the ball of ice or whatever you get makes ice bridges, so you can go near places with a lake. You'll see like an indication of the land that it's kind of flat. You can shoot your energy over the lake and it'll create a thing of ice so you can just walk across that way. It makes things easier and faster. Uh, some areas are poisonous, so you have to get out of poisonous areas. Um, yeah, later on, you learn more abilities and the NES guide literally walks you through, hey, here's all the abilities the wise men are going to teach you. And... Uh, you know, what order you're going to learn them in and stuff like that. So that's very helpful. Um, again, it was just a big hit of nostalgia to go back and read the NES because this is the issue I didn't have. The other issue was the one walking through that maze, which I couldn't find. Um, shout out to archive.org. They're an organization that archives everything that's physical that I can see into a digital format. So you can actually type Nintendo Power. And I looked issue to issue because I knew when the game came out and I looked around them to see. And, and that's how I found this issue. And I called a local game shop. And I said, hey, I'm looking for the Nintendo Power um, from July of August of 1990. And they said, we have it. Uh, it was only 20 bucks. The game itself was 100 when I bought the cart. And I don't really have a lot of collectibles, so I don't consider that bad. One thing I was eyeing online was the actual God Slayer cart, the Japanese version of it with a case and a manual and stuff like that. That's only about 70 bucks. So I might complete my Chrysalis collection by doing that, I would say part of the SNK 40th collection that NAS of America and Digital Eclipse have done is they've actually put art, like concept art from the game in, uh, you know, the museum portion of the menu. And it's really cool to see back then they had these amazing pieces of art, you know, um, there's only a few stills, but it's really cool to be like, oh, that's what those bugs are supposed to look like. And that's what this is supposed to look like. 
And what it comes down to is it comes down to like, well, this is still an 8-bit system. Um, so this is the best we could do. I will say the music is pretty um, great. Uh, I know you thought I was going to say that it was bad. It was, it's great. It, they actually, I don't know if it's part of my childhood or what, but hearing the songs again, the battle songs and the town songs and all this stuff, uh, stuff's just like rattling around in my head more and more. So it's, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to think again, this is my favorite game of all time. Is it the best game of all time? No. Um, but if you have the, um, if you have the, um, you know, the NES online subscription, go there and try to, um, play it there and see what you like. You may only play it for an hour and be like, I got it. I actually want to go and try that version and see if the um, if the save system works uh, because this has been incredibly frustrating to get so far in the game and then be like, okay, I've saved, and you can go out of the SNK 40th anniversary collection, uh, you know, save and quit, save without, or quit without saving, and I've saved and quit. You know, your game progress will be lost. Fine, I'm saving right now. So overwrite my save process. It's like, okay, well, we're just going to put you back at level five. We knew you were level eight with a bunch of other stuff. We're just going to put you at level five. And that was, uh, man, let me tell you guys. Again, it happened three times because I was trying different ways to save, um, stuff like that. I will say this Jeremy Houston guy on YouTube, shout out to you again, sir. You only have a few hundred subscribers. So, um, you know, not that anybody listens to this podcast, but maybe if I can get one more guy, um, he, um, he only has two walkthroughs that are 48 minutes long. So he's literally speed running. He said it's one of his favorite games of all time. So he's obviously go here to get this, to do this, to do that, you know? Oh, and then, um, the text is kind of bad because I think he was using an old capture kit. And so it was very, like, um, it was just very grainy, but I think there's sections where it basically says, hey, I got to grind. And that's another thing you got to do in the game. You know, they always say, when you read the manual, it's like, oh, if you hear your attacks ding off an enemy, it's because you're not using the right sword. But that's not true. It also has to do with your level. Because I physically tried to hit people that were higher level than me, and you hear the ting, and you're like, well, I'm using every sword I have. They wouldn't put an enemy in front of you if you don't have the right sword. You get the swords in different towns and all that kind of stuff, but still... Um, and then too, there's a weird thing back then with games where, yeah, excuse me, you, certain things would happen and I wouldn't know why. Uh, they, I tried to go up north in this area and I kept saying, Joseph, you're not powerful enough yet. And you're like, well, that's weird. I've gotten a lot of levels. I've gotten some armor. I feel pretty strong. But you have to learn an ability from one of the sages. He teaches you teleport. And once he teaches you that and you get a magic ring, then that's how you progress. Uh, you learn telepathy so you can read animals' minds. And all of a sudden you go to this village with these dwarves that don't talk to you. Named the village is Oak. And they say, uh, they say things like, go in peace because they don't like humans. They don't want to talk to you. What happens is when you get this telepathy, all of a sudden they start talking to you. So I don't know if you're reading your, their minds, which seems a little bit crazy um and it's nuts but let me really quickly i took notes when i was playing and i'm gonna go over things that i actually did like i did by section but i won't um (laughs) 
I won't go bullet point, but I'll say this. Um, yeah, don't get poisoned. Uh, if you don't have an antidote that sucks, it just ticks away your life till you die. I guess that's in every game, but this seems even more egregious. Um, save. I have three exclamation points. This is in the first couple minutes of me playing the game, so apparently that's the first time when I lost my progress. Uh, you fight a vampire in the beginning, because why not? Uh, I wouldn't know he's a vampire unless I read the manual. It said, you have to fight a vampire in this cave. You're like, cool. Even the NES, uh, the Nintendo Power says, there's a vampire in this cave. Good luck trying to beat him. It wasn't that hard. Uh, he just throws bats at you or releases bats that hit you. It's weird. Um, then I got to the Brinemeyer, which is the next town. Uh, there's a pawn shop there. Yeah. They don't call it like a, you, you don't go to the, you don't go to the, you don't go to the item shop and sell your stuff. You go to the pawn shop, which that was pretty crazy. Um, also, uh, there's a bar that says stop and refresh yourself, but they don't sell you any drinks. And I think that's rude. If someone's going to say, hey, why don't you relax and have some refreshments and then they don't offer any refreshments. That just seems like a terrible business. Is this a bar? Yeah, it is a bar. What can I get to drink? Nothing. Do you want to sit down? I'd love to sit down. Well, I'm sorry. We can't let you sit down. Well, this seems like a building that's terrible. These people are walking around. What is happening? It just doesn't seem like it's a good place. So I think that barkeep definitely needs to, um, you know, uh, fix that. Uh, very early when you go to um, Brian Meyer, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, the guy's like, hey, uh, man, if you found my statue, that'd be great. It's such an old trope in RPGs. Hey, drop something. Could you go get it? I remember where that statue was. It's been since I was 14, 13 when I played this game. And I went right to the spot. I was like, oh, yeah. It's right there. You just go in this brush, and then all of a sudden you have it. Then you give it to him, and he gives you the poison mask, which you use to go in the poison forest. Of course you would. The poison swamp, I mean. Of course you would do that. And then uh, you don't get poisoned when you're there. Um, I said here that I lost. Uh, I killed a big insect with a flute, which isn't true. In Oak, when you help the people that don't talk to you but then do talk to you, you help them. They give you the fire sword. And um, they say, hey, we want to defeat this big insect, but we can't. Uh, you use a flute that they have that they give you, which is weird. They're like, well, we can't beat it, but we can call it, which just seems counterintuitive. Like, why destroy the flute if you don't want it here? It's going to kill you guys. You need to leave. Um, but you, you use the flute. Insect comes in a boss area. It's really ominous because you can actually go to the boss area before you fight the boss. And it's literally you go up and it's a blue poisonous swamp and there's just a blue line in the middle where it's just black so you're like oh this is uh it's like the earliest form of like arena that i could see where you're like there's good to be something here and that's where you use the insect flute you call the insect and you kill it uh which is pretty cool um but i did have the thing i remember when i was playing it before i lost my progress where i had maybe two things of life i defeated the big insect and he calls like a little mosquito to kind of fly around and shoot things at you you know like a little distraction so you can't shoot him and uh while well, he's shooting energy at you and as i was like okay i got two things of life let me see if i got something uh you can pause the game but as i was like hitting the button to pause one of those mosquitoes flew from out of screen and hit me and killed me so i had to go defeat the boss again you can't save because you're near a boss again that's the old trope of can't save here you want to save here is there a boss you can't save. Why don't you go home? All right, little guy. Um, yeah, so I killed the uh, insect with a flute and telepathy. That was cool. Lost another two hours progress. I wrote that down. So that's four so far, but it happened again. It happened yesterday. Um, oh, yeah, I wrote right below this. Um, Mount Saber sucks, but it is a good farming spot because every enemy there gives you about 
like if you go through there's like these zombies that come out of the ground they give you about 12 xp early on you don't need a lot of xp to level up so i would just go back and forth and they would pop out of the ground you know they'd respawn one thing i did enjoy about the game is um you know back in the day like river city ransom all this you can only fight like two enemies on screen and these enemies seem to be more plentiful like probably three or four at a time on top of it when you would hit them with an energy blast it seems like there was enough going on behind the scenes that it would remember that you hit them because i would hit someone maybe say you need to hit someone twice to kill him i'd hit one guy once and then he would kind of get to the edge of the screen and i would go up to fight him and hit him and uh, the one hit would kill him so it's like they would remember uh that this is uh you know oh yeah he hit this guy twice so you know if you're gonna play the game mount saber is a good farming spot i guess i wrote and then the last thing I have is I lost my save again. And I think that's where I stopped because I count that to be three times that I have because I wrote save up here. So that's once that's two hours. Um, and then. Oh, yeah, two. I lost my save again. Oh, yeah, I lost two hours of my progress and then lost save again. So that's three times. Um, but yes, I still enjoyed playing the game. I'm still really good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. So I think. I'll give my final impressions next week. Uh, I will attempt to beat the game again without losing my progress. Um, next week's probably going to be a little bit heavy. Um, I'm going to see if my wife wants to come on and talk about our children. If not, I will talk about them. Um, but if I, uh, we do that, I will probably end the podcast with my, my final Crystallis impressions because uh, that will probably be a pretty heavy episode, so I want to end with some levity, something a little bit lighter. So I think that's it, guys. I think... Um, yeah, that's Crystallis kind of in a nutshell. It, you know, um, there was talk I was reading online. Uh, SNK was going to release a sequel to the game, but things didn't work out and they kind of abandoned it. And then lo and behold, if SNK sounds familiar, that's because they made the Neo Geo. So it seems like all this stuff was um, a gateway drug for them making hardware. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think uh, I think I've kind of given my initial impressions of the game. I enjoy it. Uh, you know, you get to talk to a bunny. What's not to like about that? Um, generally, I think though, I would recommend if you have the Nintendo Online service, check it out because it is um, it is uh, you know it's free, part of that service, so you don't have to buy the 40th anniversary collection like I did because I bought it and was like, oh man, I've played Crystallis in years. I want to play this game, and I want to try it out like Athena. And there's Akari Warriors and stuff on there. But then when they were like, oh, yeah, we added this to the Nintendo Entertainment online service, I was like, man, probably could have saved $40. But um, I don't really regret it. Again, there's a lot of little stuff on there that I can try. So I'm going to do that. But I think that about covers my initial Chrysalis impressions for this week. It was kind of all over the place, but I tried to be a little bit more, I don't know, concise. Took some notes. Um I think that's it. So let me just do the outro. So just to remind you guys, this podcast will be on my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, uh, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave me a comment, let me know what you think of the show. Uh, you can also find me on iTunes. Go there, um, you know, leave a comment, a star, that kind of stuff, a review. Let me know what you think of the show, whatever you think it's worth. Uh, go to the Google Play Store. If you're on Android, subscribe there. It's on there. It seems like the episodes are still are coming more quickly to the Google Play Store, but not as quick. So it seems still seems to take about four days, but I'm hoping that improves. So uh, I apologize if you're on the Google Play Store. It'll just take a little bit more time, but they're still hitting. Uh, the newest episode, 101, is up. So you can listen to it now if you want to. 
Uh, or if you want to drop me a line directly, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com. Uh, go there. Let me know what you think. Um, and then, uh, what else? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, and also, I'm on Twitter at Just Little Joke. Go there. I will throw out a link to the show when it posts on Monday on iTunes. Uh, I only have a. Uh, iPhone, so I'm just going to do that. But again, you can find the, the podcast on Google Play Stores. So I think that's about it, guys. Uh, you know, uh, be safe, uh, treat everybody with respect, and I will see you guys next week.